Praise God. What a beautiful, powerful spirit here tonight. Let's turn to the book of John, chapter 15. We will start with verse number 1. We're going to read down through verse number 8. We're going to start this journey tonight, especially for our Wednesday night crowd. We may bleed over a little into the Sunday as we become a little more evangelistic on our Sundays. But I think it's going to be a wonderful journey. The Lord wants to speak to me and to you. Everybody say, I am global. Let's remember our I am global offerings uh, that we uh, took up those little pledge cards, I believe, late November sometimes or something, or the envelopes, 25, 50, 75, some were 100. And uh, let's just believe God to help us to get those in. Uh, that's the monies that we collect, and in a few months we will uh, send those to headquarters. All of the churches in the country do that. Um, we collect several million altogether, and uh, it helps us send our missionaries back to the field. It's just a great, uh, a great offering. It's something wonderful to be, uh, to be a part of. John chapter 15 and verse number 1. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me. Everyone say in me. Or in Jesus. Say in Jesus. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit. He purgeth it. That it may bring forth more fruit. It looks like the husbandman, am I saying that hus, husband man? Husbandman. Did I say that? Okay. Looks like the husbandman, I'm just kidding, is concerned about fruit. He said, if you, you don't bear it, I'll take you away. If you do bear it, I'm going to cut on you so you'll bear more. Verse number 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Or ye are purged, purified through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Everybody say, I can't do it on my own. The reason why most of us are not so winners is because we try to do it on our own. And we fail at it, miserably. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot, cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye bear fruit, emphasis on that, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, 
the same bringeth forth much fruit. No fruit, I cut you off. Bear fruit, I purge you. How do I do that? With his word, he said. You abide in me and I abide in you. You obey my word. You are going to bring forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Now, we use this portion of scripture often for many reasons. But it's biblical application deals with bearing fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. We use that word for healing. We use it for deliverance. We use that scripture for miracles. We use, the list goes on. But the application, the biblical application of that scripture is so winning. Bearing fruit. I know it means fruit of all kinds. But it is certainly speaking about soul winning. So Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will. But Jesus is speaking about asking in the context of bearing fruit. If we'll leave the scripture where it belongs, we'll see results. Reason why a lot of times we get frustrated, it's because we use the word of God everywhere except where it was meant to be used. I don't mean that it doesn't have a double application and that it can be used in other places. But I feel that it would be most effective if we would learn to use the Word of God where and in the context in which it was spoken. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. He finishes in verse 8 with this little subject. Herein is my Father glorified. How? How is Jesus glorified in your life? That ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. 
Jesus said in another place, they shall see your good works and glorify the Father. What good works are they talking about? Reaching the lost, bearing fruit. All right, put your Bibles down. Amen. I feel like I lost you in the reading of the word. I mean, I hadn't even started preaching crazy yet. And I'm like, man, I've already lost them. And all I did was read scripture. Sometimes that's where we get beat up the most is in the word, isn't it? Let's pray. Why don't you reach over, put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder, and let's pray together. Father, we need you. We need one another. We need your strength, God. We've been preaching and teaching. And, Lord, I know that you have spoken to me. And I know that you have spoken to this congregation. And that you have spoken to the ministry and the individuals of this wonderful assembly. God, that you are calling us higher. And that it is your, your desire that we not only bear fruit, but that we bear much fruit. Lord, it is, it is my hope. It is my desire for me and for this congregation that we will begin to bear the fruit that you've called us to bear. Fruit, and as your word says, fruit that remains. I ask that you help us in this area. Speak to our minds and our hearts and our spirits. We pray it in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise. You may be seated. Now, we will deal with other areas of fruit as the Lord leads and as we continue. I do want to start out tonight by saying this message and the messages, God willing, that are going to follow concerning this subject. Because I believe that this is the foundation that God is wanting to lay in my life and yours. Now, I'm telling you right now, I got the Wednesday night crowd here. And this is still like trying to move a boulder with a little old ice pick. That's how I feel in the spirit. Like I got this big giant boulder and I got this little bitty leverage here and I'm trying to move that boulder. And, and I got the Wednesday night crowd. Because it is not an easy thing. To move religious people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The easy thing is to get a drug addict and pray them through into a relationship with the Lord. But to get religious people like you and I and move us into a true relationship with God can be tough sometimes. But I believe you're here to help me. Will you help me? God, I wish you were me and I was you. I promise you that right now. But not tonight or any other night or day are these messages intended to be condemning or heavy, depressing, or to make you feel like, what's the use? Sometimes when a preacher gets done, you're like, what's the use? But I feel like God is wanting to take his word and bring some revelation to me and you 
to strengthen us and encourage us and to try to get us on the right track where the church needs to be in the last days. And I believe we're in the last days. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but just in the last year, maybe a year and a few months, it seems like every other day we're hearing a report about a meteorite entering into the atmosphere and exploding, blowing out windows, shaking the ground. One did that, you probably heard it on the news or read it. I believe it was in uh, Michigan. Was it Michigan? And uh, just yesterday, meteorite came uh, into the atmosphere, started burning up, exploded, and they said the explosion was so powerful that it literally created a 2.0 earthquake on the ground. Houses shook, glass blew out uh, from the power of that explosion. And then they tell us those are the little ones. Those are the ones that don't make it to the ground. And it just seems like it's becoming more frequent. I'm not a doomsday doom days preacher, but I believe we can extract out of the Word of God no doubt that things are going to happen in the heavens. And, and Bible tells us fire is going to fall down. I just feel like God's sending some little warnings to the planet that things are trying to wrap up. And if anybody needs to take heed to that, it needs to be the church. I believe that the Lord wants me and you to get out of the maintenance mode. He wants me somehow to get out of the mode where I live and walk a daily life with Him simply trying to stay saved. Just trying not to sin. Trying not to get angry. Trying not to uh, have immoral thoughts or feelings or trying to stay away from addictions and trying not to kick the dog today. I'm just trying to stay safe. And I, I feel like that that's where most of us walk in God. Every day that we get up, our, our, our goal, our ambition, our energies, our time, our efforts are wrapped up and just staying above treading water. Just, just enough where I can end the day and say, well, it wasn't too bad today. I didn't do too bad. Didn't kill anybody. I've only, only smoked nine cigarettes. Last week I smoked 12. I'm doing better. Pastor, don't smoke. I'm just making up examples. I feel like that this is a, a, a place where the average Christian lives. That your mindset and my mindset of being a successful Christian and being having success and living for God is that at the end of the day, 
I can just simply say, I'm still in this thing. We define success that, that if, if I can just make it through this world, if I can just get through this old corrupt world and, and stay in church and make it and see Jesus when he comes, then I've been a success. But that is not what God says. He says, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I just want to throw this in right now. He says, if ye abide in me. And bear not fruit. I will cut you off. And I will cast you away. Now how can you abide in him. Unless you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in his name. Coming to the house of God. Serving him. That's where I am. I am abiding in him. But something on the inside of me has come alive. God is using this little preacher to talk to the best, to the finest, to the purest of this assembly and say to me and you, we must go beyond just abiding in him. Now, I'm not going to stay on this part. I'll probably touch on this Sunday if the Lord's willing. But the first thing he says is that I am the true vine. And this is probably the most important thing that you and I can get a hold of. Because if we're going to abide in him... And he is going to abide in us the way that the word of God tells us that he wants it to happen. And we're going to bear fruit, but not just fruit, but much fruit. The first thing you and I are going to have to come to the conclusion is he is the true vine. You say, but pastor, we already know that. We know he's the only God. We know his name is Jesus. We, we know uh, that there is no other. Then the question would be to me and you, why do we draw from sources other than him? Why is he not our only pleasure? Our only source of strength. But it is not so. We need to start out here understanding he's the true vine. That anything, everybody say anything. And everything, say everything. That anything and everything that we have connected ourselves to. To draw life from is only a fraud and a deception. And in the end, it will leave you standing dry 
dried up and cast off. Many people have connected themselves to other things. Some people connect themselves to their jobs or their investments or their friendships or their families or their addictions, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or gambling, or whatever place it may be, that they draw their source of living. The first thing that Jesus wants to do with me and you is to help us cut off these other vines that have that we have attached ourselves to cut off their source cut off their feeding us and attach to the one true vine and let his power and his spirit and his glory infuse us I know we're the Wednesday night crowd. I know we're the cream of the crop. But if we'll be honest with one another, we have attached ourselves to vines other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, God, wake me up. God, stir me up. I've got to cut it off. I've got to remove that source. I want to get my energy, my strength, my love, my revelation. I want to get it from you. At first, these other things will appear to sustain you. But it will not take long until you will realize they are indeed artificial. This vine that we're talking about tonight, you can follow it all the way through the word of God. It's the one true vine. Genesis 49, 10 and 11, the vine came out of Judah. Psalms 80 and 8, the vine was delivered out of Egypt. Ecclesiastes 15 and 6, it has been given, this vine, the Bible says, has been given to me and to you. And we know because Jesus just said it in John 15 that he has become the vine for you and I. He left his throne in heaven. He came down to this earth allowing men to attach themselves to him, to draw from him, to be cleansed by him. He's the true vine. He's the only vine. Come on, church. Come on, apostolic. It's time to get connected. It's time to get in this thing with all our heart, all our strength, all our might. These verses we read in the text, chapter 15, 16, 17, 18. When you read through there, it surrounds itself around the Last Supper. Some theologians say that even though you can't actually see it, or the verse doesn't say when they left the upper room, and begin to make their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. 
that they believe that this conversation took place outside of the upper room. But many say it was while they were sitting because there's nowhere where it divides in which they left the Last Supper. And that all of those chapters were a conversation that took place while Jesus sat around the table. It's amazing that he begins to talk about the vine and the branches and how they bear fruit while he's lifting the cup with the wine in it. He's amazing how he puts it all together. It's like his way of saying, if you're going to bear fruit and much fruit, you have to abide in me. But while you put the wine to your lip, just remember that the grapes have to be crushed before they can bring forth wine. My God, have mercy. I'm going to touch on that more later. I want to continue. Everybody say, Jesus is the true vine. Then he goes on to say, and my father is the husbandman. He is the caretaker of the vineyard, if you please. He is the one that plants the vine to begin with so that the branches can branch off from the vine. He's the one that sent it. It's Jesus' way of saying in, in a different way, as he said earlier, that I have been sent of the Father. This is another way of him saying, I have been planted in this earth to be the vine that branches might come out. No wonder he said in another place, unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, it cannot spring up and bear fruit. He was talking about his purpose for coming, his very reason for being here. He came to be planted in the earth as a vine. And then he looks at his disciples and he says, but just as important as the vine is the branch." I'm going to tell you how important the branches are. The vine doesn't produce fruit. It's the branches that come out of the vine that produce fruit. He said, I am the vine, but you are the branches, and you must produce fruit, and you must produce much fruit. It's why I've come. It's why I'm going to die. It's why I brought you here, that you might branch out and bear fruit. Oh, I wish we could get a hold of this. For God so loved the world, that he, his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe it, 
should not perish but have everlasting life. God planted the vine so that you and I could grow out of it and produce fruit and reach a world that is lost and dying. Everything that is alive. If it does not reproduce, it will die. That's what makes homosexuality so ridiculous. If everybody on this planet became a homosexual tomorrow, in one generation there would be no human race. Now how much sense does that make? trying to figure out how to say this and you understand it and, and it not be rated X. But if we're not careful as a church, we will come into the house of God and entertain one another and we will die. While we are connected to the vine. Because we are not, watch me, we are not doing what it takes to produce. In order to produce, there must be a male and a female. There must be a right and a left. There must be righteous and unrighteous. And if the righteous hang around the righteous, the righteous die together. But if the righteous go to the unrighteous and bring them to the vine, then we bear much fruit for Jesus Christ. Did I say that all right? I'll let you go chew on that one. Everything that is alive must reproduce in order to perpetuate its existence. If it is not reproducing, then eventually not only the branch will die, but the vine will die too. If the church stops reaching the world, the church will die and the world will be lost. The only thing that keeps me and you and the kingdom of God growing is if the church continually reaches for the unrighteous and connects them to the vine. Let's everybody clap our hands to the Lord.
Now, I'm not going to stay on this very long, but I just, it's part of the scripture that we read here tonight. Jesus said it this way. He said, every branch, everyone say every branch. Every branch. Now, notice what he says. In me. He's not talking about the branches on the ground. He's not talking about the ones that were broken off by the enemy and drug out into the wilderness. He's not talking about backsliders. He's not talking about people that have never come to him. He said, every branch that abides in me and beareth not fruit, he, the father, the husbandman, he taketh away. It is simple. If we are not reproducing, then it is only a matter of time before we wither. Why does the husband take away the branches that are not bearing fruit? Because that branch is sucking out of the vine just as much life, energy, and source, resources as the branch that's bearing fruit. But the Lord says, you are of no value to the kingdom. And he snapped you off. Because if he can break off the branches that are not bearing fruit, then the other branches that are will be more likely to bear much fruit. Now I'm preaching to my Wednesday night crowd. So I'm just going to be honest with you. I've been pastoring for 30 years. And I have met a lot of branches that are nothing but sap suckers. That's what we call them in Louisiana. I don't know where y'all call them other places. They're just sap suckers. They suck the sap out of the tree, but they never produce anything. A flower never grows. A grape never blossoms. They just suck out of the vine. And I'm going to tell you, most of the leeches in the church are the ones that don't bear fruit. That's mean, isn't it? Look at your neighbor and say, your pastor's being a little mean tonight. But I'm not the one that's going to cut you off. He is. See, I'm nicer than he is. I'll let you hang around and suck the juice right out of me. I've been doing it for 20 years. I now go home and kick the dog and fuss at the wife because somebody in the church not bearing fruit, too busy about worrying about yourself and your own problems and your own needs and your own situations and your own dilemmas and you're wrapped up in you and you don't even know there's another world. And all you're doing is sucking from the resources of the church and from God and his spirit and you're contributing nothing to the kingdom of God.
I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but I'm hoping you guys will preach this to my Sunday crowd. When you go to church on Sunday, when you find the first person you find that wasn't here tonight, just look at him and say, you are a sap sucker. Please don't do that. Or you'll be the only one showing up on Sunday. Now, I'll have to preach evangelistic to you on Sunday and then church preaching on Wednesday night. In all sincerity, this verse needs to really speak to us tonight. The Father planted the vine, Jesus. And the Father said, no one is going to take advantage of the vine that I planted. You either bear fruit or I'm going to cut you off. Later, he says, I'll cast you into the fire. And so I have got to examine myself. I'm hoping our fasting, y'all know we're fasting, right? Y'all started at 6, and, and no media till you get till 6 tomorrow evening, evening, not morning, evening. Take time to pray. We go home tonight. I want to mention this before I continue. I'm almost done for tonight. We go home tonight. If you can, make it to your bedroom at 930, dial in, and let's pray together. Wasn't that awesome last Wednesday night? I don't know how many of y'all were. There was a lot of us on the line there. So you go home tonight, thank you, Don, and take that number. If you don't have it, take it down. Take down that the code. Be wise like my sister right here. Take a picture of it. And at 930, dial in. Let's get on the phone. 30 minutes, that's it. 30 minutes goes like that. Goes boom, just like that. Just gone. All right, let me continue. I'm almost done. Every branch, everybody say, in me. I want you to get that in you because we have a way of, you know, we have a way of reading these verses and, and we just kind of formulate things in our minds and, and, and put pieces in places and it's not even really what the word is saying at all. Because we'll take that verse and we'll say, well, he's talking about the lukewarmers or the backsliders. And no, he's talking about the branches that are in him, connected to him. Drawing resources from the vine, drinking and eating, coming to the house of God week after week after week after week, drinking from the word of God, being sustained. In fact, if it, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't fruit time, if it wasn't time for the flowers to bud, and then later the little grape comes out, I'm just assuming grape vines have flowers on them first. I really don't know, actually. But if, if it was in the season when, when every branch is bare, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that sap sucker and that fruit bearer. They'd all look the same. Healthy, strong, green. You bend them and they got that good bend to them. You know, you go, oh, that's a, that's a healthy branch right there. That's a healthy branch. But when the, when the flowering season comes before the, the bearing of the fruit, 
you come back and you'll see these branches with all these little flower buds everywhere. But then there'll be those branches that there's no flowers on them at all because they're not going to bear any fruit. And you can take them and you can bend them and, and they're strong and fresh and they look good and everything seems to be healthy about them. Can't explain it. I don't know why. I don't know why they're not bearing fruit. I can just tell you they're not. And the Lord said, I'm going to cut them off. In another place, the, the, the caretaker of the vineyard, when the husbandman came and he examined the vine and he looked at the branches and he points to the, the uh, caretaker of the vineyard and he says, I want you to cut that one off and that one off and cut that and that here and here and there. And the, and the caretaker says, I've got it in here in here somewhere, the caretaker, he says, and then he said, here it is, Luke 13 and 7. I went ahead, but that's fine. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Why are you taking up room? Why are you letting it suck up? the minerals from the ground why are you letting it rob the moisture from the ground from the other trees it's not bearing any fruit and the caretaker he answered him and said Lord let it alone this year also till I shall dig around it and dung it and if it and if it bear fruit we'll rejoice and if not then after that thou shalt cut it down I feel like that that's the stage that we are in, that the Lord is coming to the Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches and God is trying to speak through His servant and the Lord has showed up on the scene. And listen, I want to tell you, we're one of the good branches. You've been the Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches. We're not going to break. We're going to bend with you. We're full of, of the resources of the vine. But God is coming to us and he's saying, hey, I need to see some fruit. I, I, I need to see some more fruit. And so pastor and ministry says, God, bear with them. Bear with that couple. Bear with that young man. Bear with that young woman. Give me one more year to work with them, God. Let me teal around them. Let me put the dung around them and work with them, God. And just maybe there'll be some fruit in their life, God. It's what we are feeling, what I am feeling. I know it's not easy. And, and so I just got to preach through it and preach to you and preach to me. And Because if I'll just keep chipping away, I think eventually I'll get to the heart. If we'll just keep nailing and keep going at this thing with the word of God, eventually we're going to say, hey, I think he's talking to me. I need to bear some fruit in my life. God cuts off the ones that are not bearing fruit. It is not him being mean or, or, or full of wrath or hateful or any of those things. It is God's way of helping uh, the overall health of the vine so that all the branches that are bearing fruit can get as much from him as possible. That's why he cuts off. That's why he prunes. 
One might say, well, I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'm in the vine. Jesus says, yes, he acknowledges that about me and you. But are we bearing fruit? Are we bearing fruit? Now, I want to finish with this so that we can all justify ourselves where we are. It's very important you can leave for a little justification. So we're going to finish with this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For here, for hitherto, ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. Verse 3. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, envy, envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, Another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. Verse 6. I have planted Paulos watered, but God gave the increase. For then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now, Paul the Apostle here is saying, we bear fruit in different areas of the church. But, even though the planter and the waterer are one, the planter will not and cannot receive the reward of the waterer. And the waterer cannot and will not receive the reward of the planter. However, their labors are one. So, let's continue. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. 
Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another build their own, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. So, pastor is not saying, when I say bear fruit, I'm not saying that that means there has to be nine people sitting on your pew. Although that would not be a bad thing. Whom you brought to the house of God. But I am saying this, or Paul is saying this. When you look across this congregation on Sunday, there ought to be somebody, somewhere, in that congregation that you had something to do with getting them in the house of God. Does that make sense? Some people are great witnesses, but horrible Bible study teachers. Some people are horrible witnesses. I've met them. But wonderful Bible study teachers. Some people are incredible at praying someone through the Holy Ghost. But they're the last one you want to leave in contact with that person. Because they're baby killers. You wouldn't think that's possible, but it is. They shove too much meat down their throat. Or they have their own, they can pray people through, but they have issues. And after about three weeks of hanging around the new convert, their issues rub off. They keep going because they've been living in their issues for 40 years. But the new convert can't handle it. So some people are incredible at praying people through the Holy Ghost. But the moment that person gets the Holy Ghost, you better take them away from them. And find somebody that knows how to disciple properly. So the point is this. All of us must bear fruit. And in every one of us, God has placed a gift and an ability. Stop being jealous over the gift and ability of your brother and sister and pay attention to what God gave you and go to work for the kingdom. Stop trying to build over here Run electrical wire when you know good and well you are a carpenter. You're going to kill somebody. They're going to turn on the light switch. And the recycling bin's going to turn on. So with Paul, but, but this is important to understand. 
You may be in a thriving revival church where there are hundreds of people praying through, but you are a branch that God is about to cut off. Because all you're doing is sucking from the vine. You're not willing to do your part in the kingdom. Whatever that is. Witnessing on Saturdays. Teaching Bible studies on Friday night. Or maybe it's, it's discipling. Or maybe it's uh, your gift is, is intercessory prayer. Or, or counseling. Or whatever it may be. The point is we need to start bearing fruit in the kingdom of God. And it doesn't matter who you are. I'm here to tell you. You've got a gift God gave you. And God expects us to use it. That's why Paul talks about the church being fitly framed together. Many members but one body. That if all of us truly did what God has given us the ability to do, then the vine, the church, would be healthy. And growth would be here. And you would be able to look across the congregation on Sunday morning and see Sister Bond and say, I didn't pray her through. I didn't invite her to church. But when she was sick, I took my fruit and made meals for her and visited her and tended to her. So that when she got well, she fell in love with this church. Part of me is in her. That's what you must be able to do. And this is your test. If you cannot look across the congregation on Sunday morning and find one or two or three people that you had something to do with, No chance, we'll give you another two or three years. We'll give you another chance. Just started coming not long ago. Look across this congregation. Brother Mata, when I look at you, I see my fruit all over you. <laughs> I see the fruit of patience, love, endurance. I'm kidding, man, I love you. You ought to be, looking be able to look across this congregation and find people. That you can honestly say within yourself, part of me is in them. I had something to do with them either getting in church or staying in church or growing in church. Are you, is this okay? Are you following me with what I'm saying? This makes sense? All right, let's stand. Because we're going to continue. And when we put things in its proper perspective, there's not so much pressure. The pastor just gets up and preaches and says, if you don't have fruit, and I, and I look at you and I say fruit means if, you know, if you didn't find a sinner and pray the sinner through and teach the sinner a Bible study and disciple the sinner and raise them up and turn them into a disciple of Christ and now do the whole process, then you don't have fruit. First, I'd be lying to you. Secondly, I'd condemn us all for the most part.
But there's not one of us in here that don't have fruit that God has given you or the ability to bear fruit in the lives of someone else. And I'm talking about the unrighteous, and I use that word in a very loving way. I just mean those that have not been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and beginning to walk a life for the Lord. I don't mean that in a mean way. Listen, if we're going to grow, if we're going to bear fruit, the righteous can't do it with the righteous. We have to do it with the unrighteous. That's why the Bible says, go to the highways and the byways and compel them to come to the house. If all we do, this crowd right here, Right here, this crowd right here. If we never spoke to another person, every one of us could die in him. But that, but we'd all die. And the, if this church never witnessed to another person, never prayed another person through, never won a single, uh, an, another soul. Not too many years from now, this church would not exist. Do you understand that? I'm trying to get that in your head. That coming to the house of God and fellowshipping with one another is not being fruitful. For us to be fruitful, we must go to the unrighteous. And we must bring them to the house of God, teach them Bible studies, witness. Be compassionate towards them. Show cook a meal if they need it or just whatever it is. Listen, I'm ending with this. I'm done right here. I'm done. What would happen if we paid as much attention every day to the unrighteous as we do to one another? I think it changed the world. It definitely changed this this area. It's like I say, I, I, the church would see many, 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 many more miracles, physical, divine miracles, if we quit praying for one another and start praying for the lost. I guarantee you most of us pray for afflictions on brothers and sisters whom God himself has allowed to come into their life because he's working in them. I pray this all for you in Jesus' name. And Jesus goes, oh, not yet. He's only two-thirds of the way done. Not yet. But you can go find that wino. Oh, yeah. Jesus don't have the wino hooked on wine because he wants to do a good work in him. He's hooked on wine because he's living in a world and yielding to the ways of the flesh and spirits of manipulators. Oh, Lord. So this is where we're going, guys. And to be honest with you, I don't even know how we're going to get there. God showed up at this horse and buggy and said, get on. 
and we're starting a journey together. But I hope over the next few months, the Lord will give pastor wisdom and the ministry wisdom and knowledge. And we will start learning how to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. And how to make this branch, Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches, this branch of the kingdom fruitful. When God, when the husband comes down, the husband comes down and he examines this branch. I, I want him to see fruits on this branch. I want him to see, look across and see sinners everywhere. Brand new people prayed through and people with addictions and problems and situations and marriage trouble and kids in trouble and just, just trouble all across this thing. Why? Because that's fruit. That's fruit. That pastor can't do alone. Nope. We all have to do this. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. Lord, we come to you tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you for these wonderful people full of the Holy Ghost, God, in you. We are in you. It is our desire, Lord, that when you come to examine the vine, that this branch is bearing fruit. It is my desire, Lord, that when you examine, Lord, that you are able to see fruit that has come from my efforts. Fruit that has come from the efforts of every man and woman that is in this room tonight. Scattered about this congregation or maybe at the workplace or neighborhood or wherever it may be. Help us, God, to come together and, and become fruitful for the kingdom. We do not want to be cut off. We do not want to be cast into the fire. We do not want to draw from the resources of the kingdom without producing something mighty and powerful. I'm asking for a revelation, God, upon every person in this building. I'm praying that you will speak to them. They can somehow bear fruit. Everybody say amen. Listen. Whatever you do, whatever your livelihood is, Whatever your talent is, I want you to, I want you to ask God to help you use that to benefit His kingdom in some way. He'll show you. And if it's not what you do, then it's who you are, which is what you do also. But if it's not what you do, then Lord, then something in me you can show me. Show me, God. I want to become fruitful in the kingdom. I don't want to be cut off. God, I, I, you know, I'm going to preach on that again. Maybe even next Wednesday. Don't you dare miss. I'll cut you off. All right. I love you. You're the greatest people in the world. Thank you for letting me preach to you. Thank you for listening to the word of God. God bless you. I love you. Let's be fruitful for the kingdom.